I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Interesting, cool, South African relevant yeah. content. Yeah. Um, on where we were at. Mm-hmm. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. Mama's the Jesus. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. You're in another zone, but you're totally out of the twilight. Mama. 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 Okay, hi, and welcome, as Kathleen always says, to the umpteenth episode of MWA. Um, yay. We, yay. Um, we genuinely have no idea how many of these we've recorded but we as we promise you every time continue to enjoy it and it brings us great joy and um we hope that it continues to be fun for you so hi Ken. hi Dee how are you <laughs> yeah I, I'm okay I'm not gonna lie I'm struggling um with my life in a very big way but I uh I continue to breathe which I suppose you know uh it's all is, one can do it's all one can do Okay, so what are you struggling with, darling? How have things been since we last checked in with each other on MWA? Hectic, babe. I am uh, not in Joburg for the first time this year, uh, which, you know, I want to say praise be. Um, But I actually feel completely like a fish out of fucking water. Um, And as you know, we have a bold going. Um, we have a small baby and we have a four-year-old and the combination of stuff is enough to drive you completely insane. It's Um, so interesting for me how people always do this. Like they have a second baby and then they decide to take on some sort of life project, like a renovation or something of the sort. So this is like not a a unique story in a way. No, <laughs> I don't know why no. we decide to punish ourselves that way, but how are things going with Dowie? I think that that's like where I, I would like a little bit more of a sense from you. Things are incredibly hard. I'm not going to lie. And I know that, you know, it's somewhat taboo to say that about, um, you know, to it's say it in an emphatic way. No, I think it is love. I think that, It's like, you can say, oh, things are hard, but they're wonderful and I'm so grateful and I can't, I can't give you the other part of the sentence today, not today. So I, um, what is happening is he turned four and um, in the middle of lockdown and I, I mean, you know, as these things go and as we've spoken about before, you're only as old, you're, you're as old as your oldest child, right? So what you know is what you know in relation to their age. Sure. And um, and of course, people had said you and I had started having some convos around the, the boundary pushing, the independence. Sure. All wonderful things in principle. Um, all wonderful things, almost dare I say, you know, independent, like as as single things, all together in the body of a very small person um, who. Tao does not cope well with change. Um, I'm not sure any of us do actually. As people, I'm not. I'm not sure that as humans we are uh, hardwired for dramatic changes year after year. But he's particularly sensitive, and, mm. um, and it's been a year of lots of changes. You know, it's been a year of um, 
lots of motion and then of course lots of non-motion right the, sure. the mm. lockdown being in the house and so we've kind of slowly escalated to to change in motion um to the point where we are now in another city we're spending a little bit of time here partly because we have family here and support um but that still doesn't change the fact that that he's a child who's going through this particular developmental leap or set of leaps at this time sure um, and and this coupled with having a newborn is um it's 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 triggering i'm not going to lie so, so how are you feeling triggered in what ways so i mean i'll give you an example so yesterday we um we drove for about 20 to 25 maybe 30 minutes like to where my family stays and we got on the highway and he he started he started complaining that his throat was itchy so then he then proceeds to take his little fingers stick them to the back of his throat and oh so he's going to pull his tonsils out with his index finger and he's screaming at the same time and of course he's he's gagging right because now he's oh trying to and then, so he, so he, he, he then he's screaming about how his throat is itching, it's itching. Then it's burning, it's burning. Then I'm like, okay, cool. Let's have some water. Oh Let's God. have some water. I'm digging deep, guys. Deep, deep, deep. There is nowhere else to fucking dig to. Well, of course, master of patience and love. Yeah, everybody is dying, dying in the car. The newborn doesn't like the seat, so she then just chucks in her two cents and starts screaming as well. Tao proceeds to continue saying how it's itching, it's itching, it's burning, it's burning my throat. I need mama, Oh my sweet Jesus! Eventually, we get to the northern suburbs. Get out. You think not? Do you think? Do you think something's wrong, Kathleen? When we got no, out? of course not. No, no, he's perfectly fine. Fuck all. Fuck all. Get out the car. He gets in the pool. He's playing. He's swimming. He is having a jolly old time. And wow. you are frazzled. And you are frazzled from the thirty-minute uh, drive with the screaming child. Who's screaming children, actually? I think, cool, great, we're going to go back now. He's tired. Wow, hit the highway. Ah, it's back. It's back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. I had an image of like, opening the car door and just rolling out. Like... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm not lying. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. It's really no. rough. I'm so sorry, babes, but that... No. Babes, the regression. I don't think you remember like how frazzled I was all the time because of Akani. I like, don't think I remember. I, 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 I don't think I remember. No, babes. They no. go crazy. They literally lose their damn minds. They lose their damn minds. So I remember Akani shitting on the floor as an yes. example. Like just doing the ra- most random shit. And like, you're like, I don't understand how we are here. Like, how are we here? And you also just have nothing, You because it's completely irrational, you just, you have no response that is appropriate for that moment. You are sleep deprived as well. There is a lot going on for you. You are trying to heal. Your body is trying to heal. And then you have a four-year-old who is trying to put his tonsils, tonsils out or a three-year-old who is shitting on the floor. It's completely surreal. Yeah. It's surreal. It is completely and utterly surreal. And I think I am what I'm really struggling with is just coping with the range of emotions and um essentially not coping and, and just kind of telling myself every day, you're not coping. 
it will be okay. Literally, you know, I just want to say, you know, in, in 10 to 15 minute increments, just telling mm. myself, this is not normal. We will find another normal at some point. This isn't it. But I think just, yeah, just feeling completely and utterly thrown by where we are at. Um, and just, you know, dare I say, feeling a little bit sorry for the baby man. Like this why, why are you baby. feeling sorry for Zoe? Um, I think because I'm able to now see what a what an experience Tawi had as a baby. You know, just mm. super chill, things were relaxed, things were about him, and there's actually very little room for that with her. Mm. Um, there's some, there is some, but I think, um, I think, I, yeah, I think also just being out of our comfort zone and um, and essentially out of our home and uh, out of our city, right? So, so things that would make more room possible for her, those mm. things don't exist. Yeah, other things exist, cool, um, but I, I think, yeah, I think one also underestimates how. Um, deeply, uh, you know, you're not an agile, you're not an agile person. You're not, there is no such thing as an agile family unit with small children. There is no such thing. And certainly I, not with two. You can be a little bit more agile no, with one, but not with two. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So those, so for the people who are like, yeah, I just travel overseas with my two small children. I'm like, okay. And your sanity is where? You know, no, I don't understand that. But you know my views on that, babes. Like, I just don't do those things. I don't. My mother, my mother actually jokes and say, and says, for the first year and a half of Amu's life, he is only a year and a half. By the way, but we have literally not taken him out of the house. And yeah, yeah. Um, that is my that is the reality. I know what what my limitations are. I okay. certainly am not going to do it alone. I may do it with Joey, um, but really, yeah, it's it's really rough, you know. So yeah, I hear you, love. Yeah, no, babe, it's beyond, beyond. Anyway, um, yeah, sorry, we've spent 10 minutes discussing my current trauma. Um, no, how it's you? absolutely fine. It's a real trauma. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. I had my holiday. It was oh. wonderful. That's it was. Hey? That's when we last spoke. You were, you were kind of getting About ready. to go, Yeah. It was too short, if the truth be told. I mean, I think that the only dilemma that I'm having, which is pales in comparison, so really just excuse me, but is this breastfeeding thing. <laughs> so, mm. so yeah, that's really the only mommy, mommying dilemma I'm really having. Everything else is like settling into like a nice little temporary flow. We know that there's no such thing as settling, right? So it's fine for now. Um, but yeah, so I think in terms of the breastfeeding, um, I don't want to stop <laughs> and my family wants me to stop quite badly. So when we went away for our holiday, like, like, I, you're, like Joey. Yeah. My Joey, my mother, Auntie Tunu has sat me down and said, yeah, you know, even at 13 months, it would have been fine for you to stop. And I just okay. am not in the space to like go there in my head yet so I don't know I'm basically so why I'm raising this around the holiday is that when I went on holiday I didn't take a breast pump with me because I assumed that maybe this maybe this is the opportunity to stop who knows let's see how it goes right and yeah. then of course that with engorged breasts babes I, the I entire time we haven't even had a chance to chat yet so oh no yeah it was really 
it was really uncomfortable. So that wasn't great and really not well thought out in my in my from my point of view. Um, and then as soon as I got home, the kid had to ask me for titty once, and then the titty was out and in his mouth, and everyone was like, "Ah, this girl." So yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. But aside from that, babe, everything is fine. <laughs> that's why I put up on an MWA thing where where there's that fabulous meme of this woman saying like something along the lines of, "I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just thinking about it." And then she turns around and she's like, "Yeah, we're back here sucking on my titties." Yeah. You are so funny. Why? What is the reluctance? He's my last one. I finally, I can articulate it. He's my last one. I'm not ready to let go of this phase. And that's actually what I wanted to talk to our guest about because, you know, she's further along in this process. So really just to get a sense around like, when do you know? And is this your last one? Did you feel like this high sense of like, I don't want him to grow up and become a toddler. One, because toddlers are fucking crazy. But two, because it's my last baby. Like I'm not, I'm not most likely not going to have another one. So this is it, you know, and once the breastfeeding stops, then I am in a different phase of my life. One, which 80% I'm really looking forward to. Let me not lie. 95% I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> but 5% I'm just like, damn, I'm officially like out of the, the hardcore social reproduction phase. Now it's kind of just, you know, that other, the next phase, which I don't know what that next phase looks like, but yeah. Yeah. Nana. Hmm? Nana. You want Nana? Mm. <laughs> Amu? Mm. People are saying I must stop giving you Nana. Say please. <gasps> what do you mean you're shaking your head? Say please. Say please. Say Nana, please. Hey. Mm. Say please. Mm. Hey, sweetie. Mm. <laughs> Say Nana, please. Mm. Say Nana, please. Mm. Say Nana, please. Mm-mm. Why? Mm. Why don't you want to say please? Say please. Oh, he said please. Okay, now you can have Nana. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so without further ado, I think that you should introduce the guest because that's really actually going to be my first question. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> Okay, so today we are super excited to chat with our guest, Kate Goliath. Um, I'm sure many of you know Kate in her kind of public capacity as um, as described in her bio as the driving force behind the award-winning comedic um, entertainment agency, Goliath and Goliath. And um, she is a mom to two boys. Um, and, uh, she manages, um, sorry, I, yeah, she manages, um, Goliath and Goliath. And so we wanted to chat with Kate about how she mommies, but also how she manages her life, which is demanding and, uh, complex. And yeah, we're just very curious about, who you are, Kate, and um, thank you so much for coming on and for making time to be with us today. Um, yeah, welcome. Hi. Welcome. Thanks for Hi. having me. Thanks for, for the invite. It's very cool to be invited and to chat to, to cool moms. Yay! <laughs> <Younger> moms. <laughs> well, 
moms with younger kids, let me say it that way rather. Oh yeah. my God. I know. <laughs> yeah, we're very chuffed to have you on. Um, and I suppose, I, I don't know if you, you were listening to our intro now, but we have so many questions for you already. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like them. <laughs> I hope we're taking notes, Kate. <laughs> no, maybe we won't like your answers. I feel like that's like a, I'm going to put you two in line real quick. <laughs> I think that that's fine, though. That's absolutely fine. Wow. We probably won't like your answers, and Dee's 100% <laughs> right on that. But that's <laughs> that's okay, you know? Even we need some self-regulation. Maybe we can just start with, Kate, you have older kids. Do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of where your kids are at age-wise, where you are at mom-wise? Um, and, yeah, I mean, when, when we started our intro earlier, I was saying, you know, you're only as old as your oldest kid, and I fundamentally believe that's true. So, you know, you, you, you're older than us. <laughs> Speak I to am, but, but I also am very young at heart and the kids, the kids sort of help with that. So I've got two boys um, aged five and nine. Mm. Um, they just turned five and nine in August. Their birthdays are two weeks apart. Oh, wow. uh, but they are Leo and a Virgo, so they're completely energies and Ooh. what energies they have um so as you know like I don't know if it's uh, you know that I didn't read anything in a book yeah on how to become a mom and I refused actually because I just saw a whole lot of things that you know I didn't really agree with and in my mind I was just like you know, my mother had both of her kids without knowing what they were going to be, yeah. <laughs> um, without seeing them, without a scan. But, I mean, we came out healthy and happy and, you know, they didn't have the luxuries that we have today having kids. Um, so, you know, I've always been very, very chilled and very laid back as a mom, I think, um, and very much day by day. So I think, you know, even as a young, as a mom with older kids, um, sometimes my advice is invalid, invalid to people because of the fact that we all live differently and we all want different things. And because of the fact that we are allowed to now these days, you know, say my son can wear pink if he wants to, and it's, you know, that my son can play with the Barbie doll if he wants to. And so there's, there's a lot of, you know, differences. So I can give advice from sort of, you know, the breastfeeding and that sort of thing, uh, you know, but but I can't also tell you, you know, this is the right time to stop or this sure. is the, you know, go to sleep at this time. <laughs> that will solve your problems. No, it's I think, you know, every child is different as well. So you've got to just take it day by day. Okay. What has your what has your like your experience been around mothering? I know that you said you are a chilled and laid back mom. Mm-hmm. Were you always that? And then also just a caveat to that question is what is your star sign? So my star sign is Gemini. Oh. Um, to start there, and so my first Benjamin, the first child, was a mistake, um, and came as a complete surprise, like complete complete surprise. Like I've got. I stopped my period, I think, four months into pregnancy only. So I didn't know that I was pregnant and then went to the doctor at 29 weeks was the first appointment. Wow. And I had the healthiest pregnancy. I felt nothing. I felt amazing. My jeans fitted until the day I went to the doctor and then my stomach just popped out. 
incredible how the body works yeah and then had you know i had a caesar um c-section um with his birth and so he was really healthy and he was strong and so i continued to be chilled i breastfed my mother gave me this fantastic advice of making sure the baby goes with the nurses at night while i was in the hospital so that yeah, I yeah, yeah. sleep um mm. you know and I, I, I was never precious about bottle and bottle feeding so that babies were both on bottles from the get-go mm. um and, and you know also like you know there were certain things that i was strict on like sleeping and routine um especially at night time that's that's one thing that i'm not chilled on mm. um and then you know, like the sleeping baby sleeping in its own bed until four o'clock in the morning. So the last shift of the breast, <laughs> the sure. last shift I would do in my bed, um, just so that I could get some sleep because I started work. I think with both babies two months after sure. I'd had them, so I also wanted to get going again and 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 start with with my life as well. And I think also what helps and what sort of takes away that sort of like. I don't know if it's an anxiety that you you need to do certain things to be a mom. Um, but the fact that, you know, I just, I really wanted to continue living my life as a mother now. So not start mm -hmm. a new life as a mom with kids and now change everything around me, but make sure that the children fit into my life and now my husband's life, you know, so mm -hmm. that they grow up in that way. Like, you know, they're special and they're important and that sort of thing. But I mean, if it wasn't for us, they wouldn't be around. And I think sometimes when you reverse that role and you sort of give your kids all this power of you've changed my entire life, it sort of can be a disadvantage for both. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's why I'm more chilled as a mom is that, you know, I'm still very much a mom and I love I love being a mom, but there's there's also Kate's time, and that's very very important for me. So I think, sorry, Dee, I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. jump in here. The, the first question that I have is, and of course, there's a number of questions just that come from that introduction. Mm -hmm. But the first is, can you distinctly remember where you were when you found out about you being pregnant with Benjamin, and what was your initial reaction? I was alone um, when I sort of realized what was happening. Um, and the first time I really like it, it really like just dawned on me was I was driving with my mother. I'd fetched her from work and she just asked me, are you pregnant? Like out of the blue. Wow. Like she just saw. Just a mother knows, eh? A mother yeah. knows. No, no, no. She knows. And then I broke down and cried and obviously found Ryan and, you know, it was like, was chaos we were we were both I had just left my job and I was planning to go and teach English in Japan oh wow and Ryan was also so we had like not split up but we weren't like concretely together because we were planning on traveling and continuing our youthful lives sure and then there was in March that year there was that huge tsunami in, in Japan so yes. they had moved my teaching out to June this is how fate and destiny works. Mm. So I moved my teaching out to June. And then in April, I had now discovered what was going on with my body, April, May. And then, yeah, and then, you know, I sat in my room in my gown for eight days and I cried. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, I'm just... I was so mad with myself. I'd always said, you know, I'm not going to be a single mom. I'm not going to be, you know, this, this person. And mm -hmm. I hadn't finished living my life yet you know I wasn't ready um and so 
after a lot of coaching from my mom and my family and Ryan and I having long discussions and chats and meeting his family and all of that happening all at once in this tiny two-month period yeah. <laughs> um, before or three-month period before the baby was coming was, you know, it was a lot of support and saying, like, you're going to see this change. My brother, I'll never forget, told me, you're going to see the love that the child brings into the home. Mm. This is quite an emotional time while it was, and it's it mm. Gets me, um, and oh. I, I didn't believe him, eh? And I was just like, "Well, we'll see what happens." And then he came, and my life has never been the same. Oh. I can't, I can't say that any lies were told about. You know, it's changing because you know it was going to be so terrible, and how was I going to handle this? And mm. I was still staying at home with my mother, and I was still like, you know, I had so much to do in yeah. my mind. Yeah. And then it was perfect. It was perfect. You know, we, we had struggles and we worked things out and we moved into a place. He was seven months old when we moved out. And already, I think from about a year we had, uh, of him being alive, I started chatting about, you know, he needs a sibling, but not mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so George was the planned child. And I think that also what made us even more chilled is that Benjamin was such an easy baby. He drank, he ate, he was not fussy, he was happy, he was smiling all the time, he was incredible. And then, you know, we were like, well, then, you know, let's try for the second baby. Mm. And the rest is history, you know, and then that was sort of the plan is, and for me it's basically because I have one sibling, it's literally the second baby was there to make sure that the first baby is not alone if anything happens to us. Uh, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> there, but... <laughs> no, I totally hear you and I can appreciate that. Actually, we were talking about just precisely that, like, why do we make the decision to have a second? Have a and second. my decision was very similar. Like, yeah. 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 Dee, do you have any, should I jump in? No, I, wanna... I feel so moved by the story. I, really <laughs> I, I mean, I sat here like tearing up a little listening to you. All I could master was, oh, because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just feel so incredibly moved. And also just that it, I think it is quite, um, rare to to hear uh, a, a different kind of narrative and also one that is filled with so much love so you don't I guess I want to say in your retelling of it you don't premise like the the shock or the being frazzled or the like lamenting oh we were supposed to go and live this kind of life you're actually you know what I mean like it's like yes. you're saying something completely different actually and you're also saying I I'm really happy with my life like I yeah. like, this is a thing, I think. I could have been sad with it all, and or I could have just made the best of it. So, you know, no, that's also, sure. I'm generally a positive person as well. Mm. Yeah. But it was your heart, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think for one of the things for me that I always say is you always have choice, right? So, or you can say, yeah, I, I, you know, this, this was the, this was the situation, and of course, you were so far in that, like. Mm. Jesus, you had what, 10, 11? There were no no options. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I I hear you, but I think also, um, yeah, I am just a big advocate for the, you can always, there's always choice. And it's not always, uh, yeah. 
I think, sorry, and I think, you know, I was also, I was 27 at the time. So I wasn't that young, yeah. you know, and I'd had, I'd lived my life. I, tra- I had traveled, I'd lived overseas, I'd studied, I'd worked, you know, I'd done, I'd done things already. So, you yeah. know, in, in like, you know, in my mother's sense, you know, I was more than ready, you know, from 24, she was already saying, you need to settle down now, um, you know, so for like, for that sort of thing, that was fine. Um, but you know, it's, it's just, it was just a big mindset, um, change that now I can't just live my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is true. You can't just live your life, but I, I, I'm curious to know, and I think that you kind of alluded to it, Kate, but when you say, um, that your brother said to you, you're going to see the love that this mm. child will bring into your mm. life. And I, and you got quite emotional. Clearly, I mean, children, we, we know that children profoundly affect our lives. Yeah. How, how would you describe the effects of having Benjamin and George on you? I'm individually than yeah. ever. I'm stronger than I've ever been. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's the beauty of having a child is that as a woman, it shows you just how strong and how much stronger you are than a man, excuse the being, I'm sorry, guys, but it's the truth. And it's how much more you can take from a pain perspective, sure. from a mental and emotional perspective, from a physical perspective. I don't think men could handle being pregnant physically. Not like, a chance. I don't think. You know, so, and I think, you know, they always say a woman's pain threshold and what, 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 and it's true. So, you know, it, it gave me that affirmation that I am strong, I can handle anything that comes my way mm. if I can do this in the adversity that I faced I can do whatever the hell I want to and I can use my voice in any which way and be the Kate I've always wanted to be so it gave mm. me sort of that extra confidence of nobody can actually tell me anything because I'm raising children and I pay for their nappies and their milk yeah so yeah. actually it's the world and so yeah. you know that that's been the most important is that you know I just the 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 strength that comes to also to love other people and to invite different things into your life, but also just the, you know, it, it really brought families together and it brought like my, mm. my brother who's, you know, he's not really too much of a child person, but him and my young, my older son are best friends. They love each other until the end of time. And like, <laughs> insane you know because I mean also he saw a lot of me when I was pregnant with him and was the first one there when he was born and 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 so they have a really deep connection and that's the crazy part for me is that you know it just like he's a little version of me running around playing with my brother it's it's so it's it blows my mind and it's Incredible. really just like an abundance of happiness as well mm-hmm. that they, they're just so unaffected and i try and keep them sure. yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah oh what She's looking at you again. I think she liked how you were talking to her earlier. Considering that you you work, um, your work is mm-hmm. is managing 
humor, let's put it that way, uh, managing comedians. And did you, is this what you went into um, after you had Benjamin? And would you say that, you, you know, I guess my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're the person who manages the company, but also you manage these quite big personalities. Um, and I mean, do you invite, are you also, it sounds like such a silly question, but are you funny? I am the funniest. I just, want, just don't put a microphone and put a spotlight on me. Then I die. Um, but, but, you know, we always laugh about it and, you know, I, yeah. I think, over the years, I've gotten a lot funnier and a lot quicker because of hanging out with so many comics. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, I started, I studied a communications degree and I worked at Media Broadcasting for a while in PR mm. and I just left them to go overseas. And so then I had a baby and no job. But I found a little, I had a little temp job at a financial institute um, the Financial Planning Institute doing communications, and it stole my soul. And at that time, mm-hmm. though, you'd sit in the tea. At that time, the guys had just started comedy and were just like starting to do shows and starting to get a yeah. bit busier. And my mother said to my brother, Kate has the experience. I'd done some talent management at Prime Media as well. Why don't you just hire her, match her salary? Um, she can work from here. We've got everything we need um, at home. And then she can be home with the baby. And it will just be phenomenal. And literally, it took about four, three, four months um, just to get that plan into action. And literally, the rest is history. Um, from there, you know, we just decided well we don't want to go back to working for bosses ever Mm. we found what we want to do and so you know the plan was just to just work as hard as possible to to you know keep feeding ourselves keep the guys being able to do what they're passionate about Mm. um, which is you know for them when they're on stage it's like they're not working so you know it was like living this dream and and you know we worked hard enough to get noticed by the right people um, and so built our brand in that in that way. And I think, you know, a lot of the business and me managing the business is me managing these three guys. Because yeah. you know, even though it seems like, you know, it's just fun and games all the time, there's a lot behind keeping a brand, especially in comedy um, in this country. There's a lot that goes behind keeping it active and keeping us, you know, relevant and, and making sure that we're still working consistently enough to not have to go and find full-time jobs which is a reality for a lot of people especially during this COVID period has yeah. been challenging but you know the guys are also because they love what they do and they're really good at it it works mm. and so we all sort of found our little way to do it and it became more of a thing of balance for me so as much as I have to now work for myself so that means I can't really just let a phone call go and I can't really take a sick day even if I'm just feeling tired and I want to rest and you know at five o'clock I can't just switch off I did have Mm. to switch boundaries for myself so you know I have to I don't take calls after five o'clock unless really urgent Um, and you know I'll work on things seldomly in the evenings unless also on deadline etc because I don't work and I'm very strict about I don't even answer emails really on the weekend unless Mm. you know it's Mm. important clients and you know in that way I'm able to balance I'm also able to say oh sorry I'm at a meeting but go for my nails now 
um, on a Thursday morning or, mm. you know, go to the dentist and nobody's like watching over me. So, you know, there's, there's pluses and minuses to, to sort of um, managing yourself. But I mean, for me, it's, I can make my own balance. I'm not, I don't have to force anybody to say, listen, I've got a child. I've got to be home at a certain time to pick them up for karate or, mm. or whatever extramural is that day. So, that's a big, big help, um, you know, in terms of balance and how to to make it work. And I think also, you know, I really love what I do and I think, you know, I'm pretty good at it. So it's also, it's like second nature for me. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys can get on stage and tell all their jokes and I can tell them where they're supposed to be next week at nine o'clock in the morning. So, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's definitely a flexing of skills and, you know, finding my own balance and when, uh, like it, it's difficult to to express it like you know i i feel like we don't have to work for nine hours every day we can get all our work done in two hours mm. um productive mm. and so do other things um and that's where the balance but also again the balance also comes from taking time out from the kids and the mm. family and the work um at the same time and just do stuff for me, um, you know, which is also that's I think the most difficult thing too, because you can balance work and home. Um, it's balancing home, family, work, and yourself in the mix yeah. that becomes a bit of a problem. So yeah. I think my my two questions from that, Kate, is I think the first one, and really just going off of what you've just said, is how what what does taking time out for Kate look like? Mm. Um, and I'm sure that that's changed um, over over a period of time, depending on the work that you're doing and so on, but what does it typically look like? Um, and this idea of you setting boundaries for yourself, how did you arrive at that point, you know, both within your career, but also it seems like you're very clear around that um, from a, a mothering perspective as well, which is so incredible. Mm -hmm. And how did you arrive at that place too, to be able to be very clear on what those boundaries are? Yeah. So I think I'll start with the boundaries. I think in terms of the boundaries, especially maybe with the work and the kids, it became too much. And, mm. you know, I was being able to do all these things. And then I was just like, but sure, I need a break. And, you know, you, you also run yourself down. And that's what I would typically do to myself. But it's also I have an amazing support system. Mm. But they are also they've basically also force me to take breaks and to make those boundaries um so you know we've been very lucky to stay close to my mom um throughout this period so she's always been there for the kids if I need her we've got an amazing nanny um who's been with I mean she's been with our family since I was 16 so sure. you know, she she knows us and she was like I'm the only one who's going to look after your babies and that mm -hmm. sort of helped that's amazing. Um, and then I think it's also you just reach a point where you actually can't do everything all the time. And so, you know, you sort of your your body and your mind force you to make the boundaries in terms mm. of with work. For me, it's just like if 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 I worked for a corporate nine to five, you wouldn't expect me to answer my phone after five o'clock. So you need to treat my business because we do contracts and all of those corporate things during the day. So you need to treat my business like that 24 hours a day. And so mm -hmm. it's also about just, you know, setting those boundaries for clients to know that we also are a business. We also operate within a certain business time. And I'll respond to people on the weekend and say, perfect, thanks. I'll respond to you on business, during business hours. Mm -hmm. on Monday. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, unless it's very urgent, then I'm always happy to help you. But I think, you know, you've also, you've got to just tell people actually, no, no, big word. I mean, coming back to taking time out for myself, I do my nails once a month and that is my time. And that is my little um, spoil. And it's the one thing that I make sure happens. Mm. Um, and, you know, I will, I will spend time with my friends. My mom and I also will, will go for lunch and spend some time together. I like spending time on my own. So also just having the house to myself mm. for a couple of hours is, you know, and even if it's just to lay and do nothing, not take Absolutely. a bath, not to, just to no. lay and do oh, nothing right. and not look at the time and fall asleep and wake up and you know uh, so that's that's sort of my ideal time is just to be alone is my uh, ideal. do you find and how do you do you find time for you and ryan like how has that how has your relationship evolved from when your boys were little through to you know the um what five and nine now so i mean i imagine that that relationship is also um developed along the way and shifted so yeah like what what does that look like for you what are some of the highlights and also I guess one of the I mean it sounds silly but like we can be quite macabre on this uh, show on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) like what were the lows you know so if you want to go there but if not it's okay Okay. So the highs always outmatch the lows anyway in this circumstance. Ryan and I are soulmates. Um, there's, 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 I can't think of another expression and it also makes me sad. Not sad, it just makes me emotional. So mm. <laughs> again, okay. but it's, it's when we, when we decided, okay, we're going to do this thing. We're going to raise this child together. The other decision that we made was that our relationship comes first. Mm. Before anything else, before, you know, we discipline, before we make decisions for Benjamin, before we make decisions about family, we come first. And that has literally been the saving grace, I think. And I tell it to, I told it to my brother, I tell it to anybody that's starting a new relationship and has and is having kids, you know. Um mm put yourselves first and so we are very 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 strict on and and having our time out and we feel it so we actually feel like oh we need to have our date night we need to go out we need to have something to you know that happens without the kids um and I mean we've traveled without without them they go stay with their family in Cape Town and we go away for 10 days and it's magical. You know, we, we are best friends and we are totally different, but exactly the same. Um, if that makes sense, you know, we, yeah. we, we complement each other so well that, you know, it's hard to, sometimes I think like, yo, I should be getting tired of, you know, after it's 10 years, you know, um, but I really, I honestly don't. And I miss him like now with lockdown, it was like so cool to be around each other all the time. And when our nanny came back um, to work, we would take like little sneaky afternoons out and go, you know, and have lunch and, and stuff by ourselves and do a bit of shopping or whatever. 
Um, and you know, it's, it's very important for us to have time. So that's why even the routine at night is so important. So kids go to bed at a certain time so that we can then spend time together. And even if we're not talking, watching a show, just so that we can have that quiet time together. And that's another thing about that is not letting any baby sleep in my bed. So I was was tired. I was cold. Both my babies were born in freezing temperatures. But I got up and I went to that room and I sat in that chair and I breastfed because I didn't want a baby in my bed. And if I would not be lying to you by saying George has never come to sleep in our bed, Benjamin, if I can count on my hand five times that he's come and slept in the bed uh, with us. So it's, it's, it's been, that's been a real, like, you know, it's a trick that if you can get it right, take that sacrifice, do it, do the thing. You will find time. You will be very tired for pleasurable things, but you will find the time for it. (laughs) You'll be very tired for pleasurable things. Do we have a sleep deprived person on 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 with us? So you've got to be direct and clear. <laughs> Pleasurable thing. I, I have full nights of sleep, man. I'm so tired, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I I hear that. Yeah, that's so interesting, you know, because I think um one of the things we've actually spoken about quite a bit, Kath and I, is um is just how your relationship shifts, right, and mm-hmm. how um certainly in the beginning with the first one the kind of figuring out yeah. who are we in this new thing yes. Right? Yes. So yes. I think it's, it's wonderful the way you've just put it as something that's um it's really not something that's up for discussion you know we we are first to each other um and and I, I totally get that um yeah I think that's really interesting are you singing what are you doing? It sounds like you're singing. I'm gonna tickle this chanty nuts. I'm gonna tickle this chanty nuts because this chanty nuts needs to ch- be tickled on the back of losels and under the armies in every way. Nay? Nose. Tickle. Tickle, tickle. Tickle, um. It's a tickle bunny. Oh, it's a bum bums. Oh, it's a bum bums. It's a tickle bunny. It's a tickle bunny. It's a tickle bunny. It's a tickle bunny. Enough. Okay. Nay? More Nana, obviously, always. Um, so you manage uh, three three guys. Mm-hmm. You have two boys, and of course, you have your your <laughs> relationship with your husband Ryan. Mm-hmm. So it seems like you're surrounded by men, right? How has that been for you? Um, what are there any challenges for you around that, or is that an environment that you thrive in? I mean, having had a brother, having ha- you have a brother, so maybe that's something that you're just incredibly comfortable with, you know. 
this I idea am. of like a boys club almost much more i've always been a boys girl i've okay. always hung out with the boys instead of really the girls and i've had girlfriends and i still do yeah um, but i've always i think maybe just been able to relate better to them you know when i'm when i was younger my mouth was heavily potty oh it was terrible and so you know a lot of girls would be like why would you talk like that and say those things so it was just easier for me to hang out with guys and you know when George when we found out that George was a boy I was really hoping for a girl I really was you know and I was too um but my mother said to me listen just be grateful that nobody is going to go through your cupboard when they are hey say it again say it again and you will be treated like a queen and that I am so you know I'm, I'm I'm very lucky to be um, you know, surrounded by all these men. And I feel like even better because I'm I'm a very much an advocate for, for women's rights um, and for how women should be treated. And so I think, you know, it gives me a great opportunity to sort of change sure. that mindset and start teaching my boys the right way, you sure. know, that we don't need to be treated fragile. You know, we don't, we're not fragile creatures and we don't need to be tipped out around and, you know, overly nice, but treat me like a human being and a person with respect mm. and with respect. Everybody, you know, sure. is sort of our is sort of our vibe. So, you know, I think that sort of helps. Um and yeah, I think, you know, um a girl would have been nice, but I'm also glad that because already now these boys are deciding that they don't want to cut their hair and they've got these big huge bushes and so Which are beautiful. Washing, it's so beautiful. But yeah. when you have to wash and comb hey. and tears yeah. come, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, thank goodness I don't have to deal with There's also an hair and oh my gosh, no, I'm okay. And then, sorry, last thing, Kate, is you got married last year. Yes. And how was that? It's so beautiful. (laughs) We were, you know, they were, in the beginning, we were just like, we're not getting married just because of this baby. And then we were just like, well, we don't need to get married. Sure. We yeah, you know, we both come from broken homes. Um, and so for us, that was one of the main reasons why we didn't really want to. And then it started creeping into conversation here and there, and it was, you know, like, oh, maybe we should just do it, you know, maybe like just for our wills, just for the kids, just for this, just for that. So and it was predominantly an administrative initiative. Literally. And then one day I just said to him, Well, look, let's do it. Let's get married. Let's go to court. And we did it. And so then the process started, and you know, I think it was also my brother was getting married around that time so the love bug was really like making us feel all special and you know we also knew it would be something that our mothers would really just be so happy about so we had a tiny little wedding just for us um and we went to court and then we went for a little lunch um and then we went on holiday with the kids the next week as our sort of honeymoon honeymoon Uh, yeah yeah. That's so beautiful. I think one of the things that I really just love about that is that your kids were there and oh, yeah. were kind of present for that moment, right? So oh, I got yeah. married prior to kids. Yeah. And like I've, I've, I have this fantasy in my head that when the kids are old enough that we'll say our vows again, but they will be included in that process because they're such a – I mean, they're they're separate from the couple, but they're also integral to the couple or the, the formulation of the couple as it relates to the family. So, yeah. 
No, absolutely. And that's the thing, like Benjamin is more aware. So he had also been like, you know what I mean? He can see his friends and he's, he's you know, um, Jason was getting married and, and all of this. So he also would ask the question, like, why are you guys not married and that sort of thing. And so for him, he was just like so excited oh, and happy man. about it. And it was so cute. They, we made them little tuxedo t-shirts and, you know, they were, <laughs> they just loved it. So fun. That's so cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I get it. I think I've had two weddings now. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I think um, I think that the, the choice to marry someone is it's just such a huge choice. And I think mm. when um, I think at any stage of life, it's a huge thing. Right. Um, but I also think that there is something about seeing how a marriage can progress and become something to kind of see the unexpected gems yeah. along the way. I, I keep yeah. saying to Kathleen in our kind of daily interactions or weekly, keep saying like, wow, okay, cool. I think I get this thing that you, you, mm-hmm. you've been speaking about for a few years, you know? And I think, yeah. um, yeah, I think there's something really incredible about it. And I, I, um, I also come from a divorced home, so I kind of, I get the trepidation around going into something like that because I actually, which again, I'm also only learning now. I think when you go in, you're like, I have to somehow make this thing work in a certain way. But I think being in a a different iteration where I feel um, just like a whole host of different things, but fundamentally, I think just more supported and held and loved. Um, knowing that, that that is the basis for something like this, right? So as you said in the beginning, each person's household, you know, households are different, right? So we yeah. want different things, the things that make us happy, those things are all different. Um, but I think fundamentally just feeling like you're making this choice to be with someone and you can mm-hmm. you can walk apart with it, you know? I think that's mm-hmm. like, incredible. And I don't, and, yeah. No, okay, so, don't. No, I was just going to say that I think with kids, once you introduce children into that, I think that is the takeaway almost, you know, because yeah. I, I think in a in a broken home context, what is what is most complicated, I think, most of the time is that your children don't quite understand what it was that broke in such a fundamental way because they can't yeah. understand. They weren't. Yeah. Very- yeah. So, yeah, I think just asking oneself, like, those kinds of questions going into a marriage, like, have been very interesting for me. And I think listening to other people speak about their marriages as a joyful union, that is also continues to be a beautiful thing to hear, you know. So, um, yeah, that's also really, I'm just sharing what I think is also wonderful listening to you. No, 100%. You know, I think in terms of marriage, like for us, because it had that taintedness and because of also generational, you know, society and just thinking that marriage needs to be this way and you must get Mm. married in the church, you must wear this white dress and you must Mm. follow these steps and you must have a and you must have a kitchen tea and all these things and you know after you married and basically the marriage and in my mind marriage was you know just to keep the husband there to make sure that this man knows he's not going anywhere Mm. and so for us that was why a lot of the time I said no like you know I don't want to do this thing because I don't ever want to have a hold on whether you want to go or or not 
that, you know, sure. and, and that was an honest conversation that we had to have, you know, and, and mm-hmm. for us, it was always like, we don't need a paper or anything to keep us together. Mm. We're fighting A, for the love we have for each other and B, for our kids to make sure that they grow up in a stable home. So those sorts of things got us through. But then, and I think it's exactly right. Like you're saying, it's, it's like the next step for us because we felt our relationship progressing but there wasn't a way like we can have an anniversary party and we can go and travel overseas and you know have a nice time but there wasn't like a significant this is this the milestone that you've reached for you know doing it or getting this far and mm. I think that's what it brought and it was it's such a pleasure to say my husband now mm. um, you know before it's like it's a bit awkward saying oh my boyfriend and father of my children <laughs> People are just weird. So you can't partner because it's just strange how society works and and puts you in a box. So for us, you know, that was the main thing is like a progression of our love growing more for each other and an understanding of this is the step we're taking. So I think it's also like you've got to make it what you want it to be. You know, define it yourself. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's what it's just so just to go off go off on that one, um, what you've just said here around like really thinking through so instead of just looking at what is kind of projected, this idea of the institution of marriage, what it needs to look like, what it should look like, and how what I'm also hearing from both you and Dee, I, I I come from um an unmarried home. So it is interesting for me. My mother was was not married to my dad and and they and didn't ever have any shame about that either. Like she just yeah. was like it was what it was, you know? Um is that there's a respectability politics obviously around marriage mm-hmm. um, and and fe- feeling the need to then like conform to that respectability politics in making those decisions which are not necessarily the decisions that you're making individually for yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just thinking then through, Kate, like I, there's a lot of kind of invisibilized work that goes into a partnership, a union, a marriage, whatever you want to call it, certainly in parenting um parenting with your romantic partner right so I think what does what does that look like for you and Ryan um is it the way that I'm hearing it is that it's it's predominantly joyful but in the moments when it is hard and tough and there are tough conversations to be had how do you guys approach it do you have a similar approach do you approach it differently but complementarily you know like that's kind of where my question is we don't like to fight. Um, I don't think we like the feelings that it installs and that it brings and just uh, because we both will just keep quiet. Mm. We both won't say anything until that moment when you know something is wrong and you need to tell me now what is wrong. Mm. Um, you know, and then it will sort of, you know, not explode, but it gets it will get heated as it does and we'll have a long conversation about it. But then it's over. Like we don't hold grudges and like I can't. So I can't go to sleep being angry. Um, and wake up being not speaking to somebody you know those those times have happened and a lot of more of our fights to be honest happened while I was pregnant with George because it was a terrible pregnancy <laughs> um, so a lot of a lot of heat, a lot of heated fights came from there and then I think we were so tired of fighting that we just decided not to but we 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 I think are conscious of each other's differences in that regard and so mm. We will also be 
not tiptoey, but we will, you know, try our best to sort of accommodate. So you can sure. see if somebody is being annoyed. You can see if, you know, you've done something or you can realize afterwards. So, you know, usually it will be like, I'm sorry, I made you feel this way. And then have a long discussion about it and then move on, you know, mm. be a little bit mad for a bit and then move on. But, mm. you know, we don't, we, we, we. I think we're just accommodating of each other. And I think, you know, we understand that we're both in this thing together. So we can't make each other's lives hard. So <laughs> let's Absolutely. Out, move yeah. on and continue. We prefer the happy spaces. The kids feel it too. So we try Absolutely. not to fight in front of them. And, you know, that sort of thing is very important to us. It's got to wait until they're sleeping. But yeah. like I say, you know, it's just sometimes also I'm just like, is it even worth it? No, thanks. Let's move on. Um, yeah. You know. Sometimes it's just that time of the month also. Also, Kate, I mean, just for from from our point of view, I, I'm quite interested in um, just hearing your your experiences around like the the shifts in your family, your your immediate like nuclear, you and the kids, um, from going from being a mom to small kids to being a mom to a nine year old and a five year old. This, this it feels like a different world for DNI, right? And we can get quite stuck yeah, in so being. <laughs> yeah, they're so small. I've got a four year old and a one year old. D has got a four year old and a newborn. Oh. So like very different chapter in in one's life, right? Um, the small baby phase. And yeah. tell us what we have to look forward to. <laughs> Oh, just like a lot more freedom, um, you know, like a lot more, like sometimes I also am like, oh gosh, I'm sure I've got to do something now, but they're playing by themselves. So I don't oh, need to so worry nice. about them. So that's the wonderful thing. And also why, you know, you must have siblings um, around is because they can play with each other. Yeah. Um, and so it takes a lot of strain off you. Um, also it's, it's wonderful going to restaurants where they can play and you I don't have to walk around with them anymore. They can sort themselves out, leave their shoes with me and go. So that's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Um, and I just think it's just easier. So we were just talking about it the other day and saying like the amount of things I have to carry around with me now are minimal. That's amazing. Um, you know, there's no nappies. There's no change of clothes. There's yeah. No, you know, any of that. So I can literally just take my handbag and whatever toy, you know, they want to take with them and, and we can go. Um, we're able to do a lot cooler things now as a family as well. So shooting yeah. hikes together they love the hiking um you know so we can we can do more and we can now also do solo parent with two kids is fine oh that's cool you know so we can do separate separate things last weekend ryan took the boys out to go and see ferraris and all of that and i had the morning to myself and this nice. week i'm taking them out so you know, it's, it's it's that balance that you can have. Um, and now they both can sleep by Granny's house without, like, Granny needing them to be fetched really early or, sure. you know, um, they 
like they eat i mean they've always tried to cook and let them eat what we're eating so the eating is also so much easier as well Um, and that's about it they don't get less expensive Um, they they get more expensive they talk a lot more so get yourself ready for a lot of talking Um, but your age gets are so lovely like I mean Benj was four and when George was born and it was a treat because Benj was so eager and he just wanted to be this amazing big brother and help 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 but could also understand when I was with baby and when I couldn't focus on him um, and that sort of thing. So that that really helped. And now it's getting to the point, though, where Benjamin doesn't want to play with George all the time. Mm, but Benjamin is George's hero. So George wants to only do everything with Benj. <laughs> yeah. But it's important, though, that they also they have their own friends and Benjamin will go on his play dates and Benjamin's friends will come here for play dates and they won't be this sort of, oh, they're my friends. and George can play and, you know, they do love each other. Mm. They do really, really love each other. So that's about the only things. Yeah. It sounds divine. It sounds <laughs> so divine. Yeah. Those things are huge. I think I think interesting listening to both of you because you're both boy moms, essentially, which yeah. has its own dynamic. And um for all the reasons you listed, Kate, um, and many which Kath and I lamented before we knew whether Zawi would be a girl or a boy. Um and um and I think um, those are huge, huge things to look forward to um, in truth. Even just popping out with Tao at the moment is oh, insanely God. easy, you know, comparatively. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. We can actually, I can say, do you want to come with me to the shop quickly or whatever it might be? And um, granted, it's not always pleasant being in a shop with him because he yes. is four and um yeah. and, and that's a lot but we can move with these you know yeah. he, as you said he understands a lot etc etc so mm. I do think it's quite interesting I so we need to wrap up but I had a last question which is kind of a big question um but I'm going to ask it anyway which is around um as Kath and I kind of look forward with the older boys we are thinking about schools and I guess I just want to know what kinds of considerations you and Ryan took into account making choices for your boys in terms of schools? Like what were the top two or three things you wanted in a school? That's a good one. So I think, you know, for us, we were lucky in that we, I mean, we had an idea of where we wanted Benjamin to go to school. Um, because of in Johannesburg. So Nicholas, my cousin, his wife had gone to the, the German school, the DSJ, and their son, who is two years older than Benjamin, had started there as well. So, you know, I love the idea of the kindergarten um, and getting them started for school. And I also, the other thing that I that I liked about choosing that school is that he never has to leave that school. Um, I don't have to look for a high school that's close. I don't have to reapply or anything. And then automatically George would get accepted no matter what would happen. Um, With preschool, though, we were very lax and we shouldn't have been because they were a little bit underdeveloped. um, Because, you know, I mean, for us, it was like, oh, this is cool and fun and they have so much fun here and so much fun and not thinking about, you know, we didn't have the right guidance in terms of this uh, a young preschool teacher telling us that this is what your child needs. You know, the school that they were at or that Benjamin was at was preparing them for the 
the feeder school. Mm. So they don't, they don't, you know, unless you ask and unless you're aware of the steps that you should be following at this age for development, you know, the Mm. school can basically just let them draw and do handprints all day and it's fun and great, you know, for the development. But are they on the same level? And I don't, you know, like, I mean, luckily my kids are quite bright and, you know, they enjoy school. So, you know, I'm also not like putting a heavy thing on them that they must be these star pupils. Sure. Um, so the main thing for me is just I need to feel comfortable that the teachers are nice and that, you know, it's just a, a gut feel. Yeah. I think more than anything. Um, and, you know, for us, it was definitely the fact that the school, the German school is so mixed. There is such a great, beautiful diversity there. Um, and they don't, as much as they're pushing a German um, curriculum, they're very much about Ubuntu and about being together. And they don't, you know, there's no, there, there's, there, there's no racism, if I can put it very bluntly. Mm. There's no sort of categorizing that, oh, you're from South Africa and you're not from Germany or your parents are not um, international that we're going to treat you differently. Like, mm. you know, every single person is treated the same from the security guard to the headmaster um, and that was very important for us and also that they care very much about school but the you know I mean kids can have streaks in their hair and wear whatever socks they want to wear as long as your right. schoolwork is done and you're not rude and you know what I mean you're a generally good person those little extra things they're not too stressed about so that for me also was like that's great because that's what they should be focusing on the schoolwork mm, yeah. um, you know the rest is my things to sort yeah. out Yes. Okay. Thank you. That's yeah. I think that's that's incredibly helpful. Actually, um, mm. we it's a, it's an ongoing conversation. I think in each of our households, um, and also with each other and with um a larger group of friends mm. and families and stuff. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to think about. So yes. Yeah. There's a lot to think about, but what I'm also hearing from Kate is that I think also just don't overthink everything, which yeah, I think is just totally. a really refreshing, you know, response to mothering. Because I think that, again, there's this notion, like there's the notion of the institution of marriage, there's the notion of motherhood where you're supposed to be like anxious all the time, yeah. thoughtful all the time, yeah. the cognitive load, blah, blah, blah. So I just think that like that's a big takeaway from for, from, for me from this uh, from conversation. This so thank you, Kate, for that. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so, so glad. It's really not – it's it's – it, it, it's not a test. Nobody's scoring you on how good of a mother you were. You know, make sure your children are happy and healthy and that's all you need. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Is there anything that you want to close on, Kate? Like anything that you want to say to some of our listeners or like think something that you think that we didn't cover in the in the, the conversation? No, I think I've I've literally covered it all. I mean, I think, you know, as 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 much as and again, you know, my main stress is that, you know, as much as I love being a mom, I'm still Kate at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, for for my, you know, just a word of advice or I don't know, um, you know, just take it easy on yourself. We're all living in yeah. this world, you know, as long as you're a good person and you're kind to others and you have good intentions and, you know, whatever you did 
wrong today will be gone tomorrow. Mm. So you know, take it easy on yourself. And also your kids see every emotion that you have. Mm. So, you know, that's why you also just need to let things go sometimes is because, yeah. you know, look at them and think, would they be interested in any of this? And then sure. you realize that it's fine. They just want a snack and they're happy. So <laughs> we should also be like that. We <laughs> should be like that. In fact, you know how it is with kids, like when you're going through the various different reasons for this potential tantrum in your head, you're like either tired, yeah. hungry, and we're pretty much the same, actually. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just throw exactly. a snack my way, I'll be fine. My blood sugar <laughs> levels will low. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I actually read something that said um, something very similar just this week where um, I can't remember who the author was, but she was saying one of the one of the nicest things actually about mothering is that there is this ability to wake up every day. Every day is a new start. start. A fresh, you know? Yeah. You essentially just start afresh. The children aren't keeping count, you know, so, exactly. you know, yeah. So I think that's really cool and very interesting. Yeah. But Kate, thank you so much. This has been yeah. such a lovely conversation. Thank you, guys. It really was nice. Yeah. yeah. And we, um, we will... Yeah, we look forward to the cool things coming in the future. Yeah, and so much, yeah, yeah. so much that, yeah. that, that is, yeah. Me Thank too. you very much. And lots of love to to Georgie and Benji and Ryan and you. Thank you. And same your way, all the babies. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, I'm Kathleen. And I'm Dee. And you're listening to Mamas with Attitude, otherwise known as MWA. Mama, 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 attitude. The same way I immersed myself in my career. Yeah. You've now immersed yourself in motherhood. I've now immersed myself in motherhood. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. Mommy's a bounce. Weird. Yeah. You know, motherhood just comes to take on its different shapes and forms. Mama. Mama, mama. <laughs> no, actually, seriously, on a serious note, it's it's been really dope. Thank you. Okay, bye.